Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Fed is in play this week in a big way. The recent banking crisis and stock market volatility has some investors thinking the Fed is going to let off the gas here. I'm sorry to say, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to blink here. They're going to follow this through. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is GAINS. As mentioned, the Fed is in play this week. So let's bring on Fed Watcher David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver and author of the book, Understanding Central Banking. David, always great to have you on the GAINS podcast. Great to be with you. Well, David, it's been about a month or so since we last talked, at least on the GAINS podcast. And a lot has happened since then, including a banking crisis. But it still appears the Fed is going to follow through with their anticipated 25 basis points hike, even though it seems like some on Wall Street aren't buying it and think that the recent crisis is going to have the the Fed change their path. And let's start there. Kind of recap where we've been ahead of tomorrow's big FOMC meeting and Fed rate decision. Let's start with the basics. What we had from the Fed over the last 12 months was a virtually unprecedented hike in interest rates. Uh, The Fed moved its federal funds rate target up from zero, essentially free credit, uh, starting uh, in March uh, 2022 to a current level of four and a half to four and three quarters a target reached at the February 1st policy meeting, um, that is a uh, blast of higher interest rates for the markets. And we had to expect at some point that something would break. And as you just alluded to, what broke was um, the banking system, particularly that, uh, to me at least, unheard of uh, Silicon Valley um, bank uh, out in the uh, high-tech world, um, large bank, but essentially a regional bank I certainly had not heard of. Um, and uh, and what that kicked off was what I would call an 11-day bank liquidity crisis. One thing I did want to, you know, regarding this, um, this banking crisis, the Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen 
had recently said that the government, you know, they, they put a backstop on the these recent banking issues, but also said the government could put backstops on uh, more deposits if necessary to stem off or to stop contagion. That comment to me, though, is is a little dangerous, too. And that's the kind of thing that led to risky behavior, which leads to these kind of things. So your thoughts on that? Your instincts are absolutely correct. It's a moral hazard uh, to the extent that Yellen is, at least if I take her words to heart, virtually guaranteeing bank deposits. And uh, and unlimited, like, you know, you know, before an, we the FDIC. In an unlimited but, way, exactly. Above the 250,000 limit that now exists. Um, and uh, that's just simply going overboard. I would emphasize that at least in my view, one of the most successful and actually quiet actions took place from the Fed's opening a discount facility uh, that that the regional banks in the West have used to the tune of $165 billion for a person who wrote his Ph.D. thesis on the discount window, as I did, uh, that borrowing is is eye opening, and basically that helps settle down the banking crisis um, quietly without the government essentially trying to guarantee all deposits. So, I think Treasury Secretary Yellen went overboard on this um, blanket guarantee idea, and that's sort of consistent with an administration that was. Uh, slow to react and and is reacting excessively when they finally get around to it. And then meanwhile, you do have the Fed in play this week. Uh, We've talked about a a 25 basis point move here. You know, despite this banking crisis, just from the way I see things, and I'm just a degenerate, you're the expert, but uh, it just seems like uh, the Fed's got to follow this through. Look past this banking thing. I appreciate the Treasury Secretary saying that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have the, you know, stop this from contagion or, or spreading elsewhere. But the Fed still has to see this through and they can't use this little blip in the road to stop, uh, you know, their addressing of inflation that they just still need to get a hold of. You're right on. I call it the separation principle that the Fed will be following tomorrow. By that, I mean um, the Fed will separate its actions into two things. One is monetary policy, which, as you just noted, will be fighting inflation. Inflation is coming down, but it's still a long way from the Fed's 2% target. Remember, in February, consumer prices on a year-over-year basis was we're still up 6%, and even core inflation was up 5.5%. Uh, they still have a long way to go. And they though- got to finish the job. You've talked about that in the past. Going back to the 80s, we saw an example where they didn't get the job done. They pulled back uh, too early, and then that even causes a bigger problem. And, and I just want you to kind of touch on that as well. A cardinal sin. Uh, and how many times have we heard Fed Chairman Powell mentioned Paul Volcker, the person who said, stay at it until the job is done when you're fighting inflation, uh, has been the motto of the Powell Fed. He's been taking a lot of criticism, but 
I think he's been on exactly the right track. So I certainly expect a quarter point hike tomorrow. Um, I think then we may see a long period of of unchanged federal funds target. It may be that this 11-day bank liquidity crisis will cause the Fed to come out with a terminal rate closer to 5% than 6 or 7%, where some speculation was headed before this banking crisis. But the moral of the story is exactly as you alluded to. The Fed has to stay at it until the job is done. Uh, the worst thing they can do is to give up too soon. And um, and I, so I, what I expect is uh, a quarter point rate hike. That brings us up to four and three quarters to 5% for a federal funds rate target after tomorrow's action. And the Fed could stay at that level for some time um, as it watches the data. Um, but I think the big difference is that the Fed is more likely to keep that funds rate unchanged than to reduce it as the market is now betting. Yes, I, I, I was going to believe it. I think that, some of the market expect rate cuts to start in June. That that just blows my mind. And that that's that was exactly the next point I was going to go to is the fact that talk about the the market misreading this. I I, I still think that a lot of traders and investors feel that, like you mentioned, the Fed is just going to change course and they got to hold this level at the very least for a while. And uh, how long do you think that realistic for things to take hold? And you know, we've had some bumps in the road now, but until we can really say mission accomplished here and even consider any kind of, of, of change in policy. Just as a guess, I would hold the Fed at this level, at the, tomorrow's level, once they get up to four and three quarters to 5% funds target for perhaps the rest of the year, assuming that we get a further gradual decline in inflation. Uh, but remember, the Fed is watching that core wholesale price excluding housing uh, index very closely, and that is not changing a lot. And wages are still strong given uh, a labor market that is still hot. So um, I and, you know, we've had a lot of forecasts of recession coming. But if I'm certainly no expert on the stock market, but if I've been reading it correctly, their earnings are looking pretty good. And uh, and There's forward not guidance. Much of a sign that the economy is going to tank anytime soon. As we just cleared the earnings season, uh, forward guidance was not too bad. I think it was a little better than uh, a lot of analysts expected. So that is kind of a good thing. And that kind of, in a way, makes the Fed's job a little trickier because they're navigating. They got the banking crisis. Um, you know, em- employment is held up really, really strong. Uh, for the most part, even housing has, has has held up. I mean, we're starting to see a little bit of give back now, but uh, it, it's really kind of uh, interesting how the Fed has had to be very um, almost tactical in, in maneuvering around all these issues. Yeah, the consumer that accounts for roughly 70 percent of spending in the economy um, is still hanging in there. Um they uh, they they are still spending, and uh, to be sure, their credit cards are increasing. Um, so the debt burden is growing, but 
that consumer is still there. And as long as that consumer stays there, I think the economy can avoid the possibility of a recession. Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, I've been told that's podcast gold. Would appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday mornings. We will be right back with David Jones after a quick break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back with Fed Watcher David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. As we were heading into uh, the break, Dave, we were kind of talking about the setup here. What's the next move here? So w- once the Fed gets things kind of solidified Generally, in these scenarios, what happens to the economy? Does it take a while for things to turn around? Where do you see things over the the next six months? Well, we do have to feel that as a result of this banking crisis, the banks will be tougher in their lending terms. And we're talking about regional banks, which are so critical to uh, business, uh, particularly small business spending. So I do expect banks to tighten up on their lending terms, and that will cut back on credit availability to uh, the heartbeat of our economy, which are small businesses accounting for something like 60 percent of the jobs created. So um, I do expect uh, later in the year for the economy to slow. All I've been arguing is there just are no real strong signs of that right now. One other thing I want to emphasize here, though, is with regard to this mispricing of what the Fed is likely to do uh, in terms of the fixed income markets, I think our Treasury market is is really not functioning normally. I spent my career in the government bond business, and um, it just looks like there's not enough capital available in that huge U.S. Treasury market, you know, that thing is mammoth in size, $20.9 trillion um, uh, in terms of size. But without enough capital, you're just getting these extreme swings in interest rates as, once again, in my view at least, the market is mispricing what they expect the Fed to do. And uh, that's complicating the situation significantly. What's behind that? What do you think is causing that? When you say there's not a ca- enough capital, is there not enough investment in those vehicles? And where's this problem coming from, do you think? It's only a guess. But again, I spent a lot of time analyzing the government securities market. You know, I think in this world of finance that is becoming so technical, so complex, um, uh, so uh, 
based on uh, complicated formulas. Um, I think that um, basically that treasury market is um, is considered kind of dull in terms of potential profits in the entire fixed income business, taking into account corporate debt and other forms of debt. And so I think what has happened is dealers have simply said, look, uh, we ex- we know what the treasury market is going to do. Let's find some other market where we, where we can make a quick profit and put our capital in that market. And uh, thus the treasury market, at least in my view, has been starved for capital. And that goes all the way back to the pandemic. Um, uh, we've just not seen a normal treasury market since then. Also seen investors actually being pushed or forced to find some real yield. I think a lot of it also had to do with the high growth uh, conditions that turned a lot of investors away. And now we've had a bit of a carry through of that. Perfectly said. I can't add anything to that. We have a business show. You're on it all the time. We don't really talk about, you know, treasuries. We don't talk about, you know, fixed income. It's all about high-flying stocks and places to make big money and all that kind of thing. So that that does kind of make sense. Um, you know, what, when does the Fed say job complete here? Well, it's just hard to say. Um, it depends, obviously, on how fast inflation comes down. Um, and I do think the Fed is going to stick at it um, and and stay with it, despite all the criticism, again, Chairman Powell is getting. Um, um, I respect him for being Paul Volcker-like. And, uh, he admitted he and was wrong, key, too. I think, I that's, think that's the, the most impressive. Credibility. Yeah, I, that's, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think that's the one thing is he said it was transitory for a lot of t- for a long time, but I will give him credit. He saw he was wrong, changed course, and has now stuck with that. And, I, you know, I think that's what has thrown Wall Street off. But it's refreshing exactly that, exactly right. you know, he realized he was wrong, changed course, and they're seeing this through. So that's – I got to give him credit there because you and I were both crit- very critical a year, year or two ago about what was going on. It was very evident to both of us. And um, now now he's on board and kind of falling through what we were talking about. One other thing is, why isn't something like gold not rallying in a big, big way? I've I've seen with all the things going on, it's it's interesting how um, gold is starting to pick up a little bit. But precious metals, I I just did not act the way I thought they would throughout all this, the market turbulence, war, inflation. Uh, it's In a lot of ways, it's just sat there. Any thoughts on that? Well, it's only a guess, but we have to go back to those zero interest rates for more than a decade. Um, everything became speculative. If you were a simple consumer saver who was putting your deposit in a bank um, at that time they were banks were paying almost nothing for your deposits so even prudent savers would say to themselves hey let's risk a little bit here and begin to speculate and so i think there was significant speculation in gold other precious metals uh, maybe even in bitcoin um 
uh, as as consumer savers said, let's try to make a little bit on and and certainly speculation in the stock market. Uh, let's make a little bit on savings instead of just having it sit dead in the banking uh, deposit. And I think that excess that came in terms of speculation when rates were still zero and credit was basically free uh, was part of the story. And um, and and gold after that period of intense speculation just can't seem to get going again by setting up those conditions and uh, you know basically free money you know especially at the you know for large banks everybody was being pushed to yield with such low rates with us kind of you know getting more normal or or, or getting a, a interest rates closer to historical norms what do you think is there going to be in, you know we talked about zero you know nearly zero uh interest rates for so long what do you think's a, a good normal for interest rates and 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 that kind of thing? It, do you think now that we've gotten through this, will there be some kind of new normal? Well, the Fed says normal is two and a half percent. Again, using its funds rate target as the key indicator, I think that's too low. I think we're probably talking something like uh, maybe four percent, something like that, um, as perhaps the uh, the normal level that will persist um, in a much different economy. And one of the things we've got to think about here is um, one of the reasons inflation stayed so low for so long, we don't talk about that much anymore, but for decades after Paul Volcker, inflation, the Fed was for a while having trouble getting inflation up to two its 2% target. That was partly, in my view, because of the globalization of of all of our economies. Uh, we began to have complex global global supply supply lines that reached out to China, much of the Asian countries, but they always followed the country that had the lowest labor costs, and so. Inflation was kept very low by globalization. Well, guess what's happening now? Globalization is being reversed. We're pulling out of China um, and we're pulling back from Asian countries in order to get production in the U.S. That'll build an inflation bias into interest rate levels. And um, I just think normal is going to be higher than uh, the market is used to, or even the Fed is suggesting. Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of it, globalization we've talked about, and then also technology can make people more efficient, and that can lower things as well. But that's an excellent point. That globalization really changed quick with the pandemic, and then hence the supply chain issues and everything we've been talking about coming out of the pandemic. What's your takeaway, David? I mean, we're you're, it seems like, uh, you know, the, the Fed's doing the right thing. At least the banking crisis is under control right now. And, uh, you know, you're kind of indicating maybe it's healthier to have rates more in that 4 to 5% range maybe going forward. Um, but, you know, with all that that we've talked about, what's your takeaway today, David? Well, I'm I'm simply uh, quite worried about 
the government securities market not getting enough capital. So I want to see more capital allocated by dealers to government security trading. I want to see that market more well-behaved and less volatile. But on balance, what I'm most impressed by is how strong the labor market has remained and how much the economy is able to fight through all these crises, including once again, this 11, as I would call it, the 11 day bank liquidity crisis. Um, The economy just hangs in there. And while all things are possible, including a mild recession by the end of the year, um, I guess I would say I'll believe it when I see it. Big thanks to David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver, Colorado, and author of the book, Understanding Central Banking. Well, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday morning. And I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.